Let me take a guess. You've been listening to Call Me By Your Game, having a pretty dang time, but you've run out of episodes, finding yourself waiting for the next drop each week, wondering where, oh where, can I get more and more Call Me By Your Game content? Well, I'm here to tell you folks that there is such a place. It actually exists. This is the host of Call Me By Your Game, Connor McCabe, here to tell you all about our Patreon network over at Super NPC radio so this is our patreon that we have created to not only support our shows but make new content and bigger content going forward in fact if you like call me by your game i want to tell you all about the co-op episodes that we do these are monthly episodes where i sit down and do a deep dive with a panel of people to talk about a particularly impactful game we've discussed games such as the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mega baseball 3 final fantasy 10 tony hawk 1 and 2 remake and we have so much more to come so if you're interested in hearing these episodes these are a part of our dj toad tier on our patreon which is ten dollars a month and again you get a monthly huge episode for me and some of my most favorite people talking about iconic games so if this is interesting to you check us out and if you want to get a taste of what it's like take a look at the previews that we drop in this feed otherwise we'll see you over at our patreon network at patreon.com slash super npc radio Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, a podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. Uh, On this show, we talk as much, or at least try to, about what the guest loved about the game and what made playing it fun as what was cool and interesting and memorable to them about the context of when they played it, either for the first time or a revisit. Who knows? We're going to find out on the show. I can't begin to predict my guest's uh, relationship with this game. I I dare not do it. Um, That's pretty much what you're going to get here on the show. Here's a little bit of housekeeping up top is that if you'd like to – if you're on the social medias, if you stay active there and you want to know – what's coming up for us, if you want to know uh, what special streams we're doing, if we're doing any live episodes or anything really, you can find us on Instagram at callmebyyourgamepod and on Twitter at callmebyyourgame, just the one Y, so B-Y-O-U-R. You can also support the show by rate and reviewing us, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts that uh, really helps our visibility to new people who might find us. So go ahead and do that for us. Share, you know, share your favorite moment from this episode because with our guest who's here, I'm sure you're going to freaking love it. You can also share the show with a friend if especially I would say if they love the game we're talking about today or if they're just uh, into video games in general. Uh, and lastly, of course, you probably already heard an ad for it, but we have a Patreon. You can check out everything that's there at patreon.com slash super NPC radio for this show specifically. I do a monthly 
deep dive uh, podcast called a co-op episode with a group of people. So more than just sitting down with one person, uh, in, like out of sort of nowhere, we we uh, just the other day recorded our first live episode. We did one on NFL Blitz on on Sunday of I don't want to get sued, so I'll call it the big game. Uh, I would never get sued for anything like that, uh, but that's about it. So check us out at patreon.com slash radio. That is it for the housekeeping. And I will finally introduce my guest for the day. So please welcome whiskey lover, darkness hunter, and magic tosser, Asan Williams. Welcome to the show. Yo, hello, Connor. <laughs> Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, absolutely. It's good to have you. Uh, and just so we're clear, listener... The dog's name in this game is Whiskey. Although maybe Yasan likes whiskey. I like whiskey, so I who knows? But I just want to be clear that's what my intention was there. Uh that's a good distinction to make. Uh I actually don't drink, but it it's it's not for any like moral reasons or ethical reasons. It's just not my thing. It doesn't taste good and alcohol is too expensive to to pay for if it if I'm not gonna enjoy the taste of it, you know? That is the most sound logic I've ever heard. Uh, and also that makes me feel even better about clarifying it. Cause I'm mm-hmm. sure, sure. As soon as someone might hear that, they're like, Oh, okay. So I know everything about this guy. <laughs> yeah. Even I wish I were that opposite. easy to put in a box, but, uh, <laughs> uh I'm not, I, I've, I have a lot of layers, Connor. I'm a very <laughs> complex individual as uh, we'll discover throughout the course of this podcast. Oh, sure. I can't wait. Uh, well, <laughs> Asan, it's so good to have you on the show. Uh, you reached out to me a long time ago being like, Hey, this sounds fun. I'd love to be on your show. So first of all, Thank you for your patience. Finally getting you on. <laughs> Long overdue, I must say. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad you're here. We know each other two in two different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, two layers. We, we, uh, when we re-met, it was through, like I know most of my guests, as I always say, through the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Indie Improv community, mm-hmm. your team. Can you remind me the team that played TNT? Uh, I always was forget it- that team name. Was it Lemon Pepper Wet? It wasn't. It was like a different show that you, or team you were on. Um, I should look into the TNT archives, but regardless, it's fine. Well, <laughs> it was some improv team with some wonderful, delightful individuals that I can't recall the hey, name of right good. now. You know what? Uh, I'm sure some improv nerd is listening to this, and they're like, "It's this team, I know." Uh, but. Uh, I think we're going to be okay if we never remember it. Hopefully no one that was on that team is listening to this podcast because they're probably very <laughs> upset with me right now. Yes. Thankfully, I've, we've identified so little that except lemon pepper wet, no one else could be mad that mm-hmm. we don't remember them. Very true. Uh, uh, but it wasn't them uh, because I, I think I had, I had talked to Leonard about playing that show, um, but you maybe had already done so. Regardless, is that you came into the theater to play a show. And I remember seeing your name on the roster and being like, could this possibly be the same Asan that I like very briefly knew in college? <laughs> and sure enough, we start, you come in cause you were like maybe the point person for the team and we had exchanged mm-hmm. one sentence. And then I think you were like, did you go to APU? And sure enough, there it is. So we went to college together. We were both in the film department too. Yeah, yeah. What what was your uh, what were you studying while you were there? Like, what was your emphasis? Like, what, I, were you, what was your particular interest? I started off sort of all over the place. Like, uh-huh. I think I was like, "Ooh, I'd like to be a like every like most people like I'd like to be a writer and a director." Uh-huh. But then I I started the production track late. Like, I was I was a cinematic arts major, but I didn't do anything my first year. So uh-huh. 
by the time I got into it, it felt like I was behind all of my peers. And so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just do everything else that people don't want to do. And then eventually I did end up mostly writing and directing, but I did some editing. I on I edited a, a film there. Um, I did sound for, for a film. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly, yeah, ended up writing and directing, which is what I ended up liking the best and still sort of get a chance to do. So, yeah, but what about yourself? I remember seeing, I remember I have like this image of you at an, one of those edit bays in the old uh, 460, the, the old office there. Yeah. I, uh, so when I first got there, I thought, I thought I wanted to like act, like to pursue the acting. Oh, gotcha. Degree. And, uh, I quickly discovered that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> was it the, was it like the, the curriculum? Was it the people? Was it the culture? Uh, it, was, it was just, I had in Not my mind. Not to make you burn a bridge, but I am curious. <laughs> yeah. I hated every single acting professor. <laughs> no, I took a, I took a, um, like one of the first classes I took toward the major was a, um, it was an acting for the stage class. Yeah. It was like, it was one of the first classes I took and I quickly realized that like, what after it, it was, it wasn't the curriculum because curriculum was fine, but it was talking to other people in the class who like definitely wanted to be actors. And, oh, sure. And all, and just talking to them about all you have to do to be an actor and like the kind of grind you have to have to want to be a working sort of actor, whether commercially or yeah, otherwise. And I was like, I don't know if it's in my blood like that. Um, and the then passion I thought I, was just like yeah. too much. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like because obviously you know I've done improv, so I, I like performance. But the idea of like trying to spend a, most of my time pursuing outlets for performance rather than just doing performance was not attractive to me. Sure. So I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do that. Um, but there's something about, you know, film and storytelling that I like. And I thought I was like, okay, I'll be a director. And then yeah. once, <laughs> once I took uh, a directing class, I quickly realized that that's not what I wanted to do either. <laughs> hey, you're was- just, you know, you're trying stuff, you're learning. <laughs> exactly. I had, the, I had, yeah, I, I sort of had a cl- very cliched college experience. I had a lot of like trial and error and stuff like that. Uh, and then yeah, directing ended up being more like management and like people, you know, hurting and stuff like that than I was yep. really interested in. <laughs> Especially uh, in college. Like, yeah. <laughs> like when, you know, you are us, like sometimes in some of those classes, the structure is like, for example, um, I got to write and direct one of the, uh, the capstones. Nice. And my my editor on this movie, this is just kind of how it could be. Like they were getting a class credit for it and they were the editor. But I also felt like half of my job was was wrangling and being like, hey, yeah. can you – like did you get a chance to edit those dailies? Like can you meet up for this? And it ended up being just me editing the most of the thing, which uh, yeah. I think happens. Yeah, I think I'm too anxious to be a director. Like literally mm. have leaving so many things up to other people and and me having nothing to do with it like was yeah. was like sort of my nightmare. <laughs> so, uh yeah, I quickly discovered I didn't want to do that. And then um I took a screenwriting um course with uh Jack Gilbert. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, I took a a class with him. I took a couple screener. I took uh like a sitcom writing class and then I took a uh um, the, my other screenwriting story class. and character. Um, I can't remember. I did. Maybe it was, it was with, um, 
was a guy who kind of looks like uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Do you remember that, uh, that guy's oh name? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what is that professor's are name? Are you thinking, you're thinking of John Hamilton? <laughs> I think that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> I so never I t- would have made that connection, but now it, I do see it. That's all I saw, like, especially because Arrested <laughs> Development was so big at the time. Yeah. Like, I, all I saw was the, was the Grandpa Job or Joe Grandpa Bluth. Bluth uh, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and it was, yeah, so I took screenwriting classes and I was like, oh, this is really cool. And I kind of discovered screenwriting in college and I thought that was really awesome. So, yeah, uh, yeah I kind of dove head first into screenwriting. But on the capstone that I worked on, I actually ended up uh, doing production design, which was actually pretty cool because uh, I had never uh, before that point thought about production design as like an element of filmmaking. Yeah. But it, it, it actually ended up having like you know, uh, a newfound respect for art department. So then I would, when I went on after college as you know, we all did and PA for, uh, a while, I had like a newfound respect for the art department. And like, I paid a little bit closer attention to that kind of stuff than I would have, um, beforehand. So yeah, that's so cool. it It was an interesting college experience for sure. Yeah. Did you, what was, did you do it for production design? Which movie? Cause I, I'm it was um was it Jay, Brittany? uh Emily Wommelstuff's movie. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Emily Wommelstuff. Uh uh-huh. uh occasionally likes a tweet of mine and I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um she's doing her thing, authoring books and whatnot. Yeah. Uh yeah. there's there's a path for everybody, folks. Uh for sure. <laughs> that's so that's cool to hear about your experience there because I think we truly maybe just like cross paths a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And like I don't even th- I really don't think we I thought you were about to say you did production design for a movie that I edited and I would have been like, that's why we never saw each other is because <laughs> I was the editor. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's not surprising for me to hear that, that, that like, you know, we just didn't get to cross those paths. Um, I but, actually, man, I worked on two capstones. Uh, the other one I, and I did production design on both, which was really weird, but uh, I did production design on a, uh, on um a zombie movie that Tyler Woodward did. I don't know if you remember Tyler Woodward. Yes, I know. I know Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, (laughs) did a lot of production design stuff on a a zombie thing, which is actually pretty cool. Um, And I I think anytime, as far as I can remember, if somebody does like a decent to good job on, on something, especially when it's a job that that it's hard to find people for, for sure. They're like, I got to get you on the next one. Or they're like, will you do mine too? Production design for me. So, (laughs) so that's, that's, that's great. But that's cool that they reached out. I love, I love that. Yeah, No, it was a good time. Um, okay. So that's, so that's where you were, but if you don't mind, I'd love to hear about like where, where life has taken you recently and what you've been up to. Um, because I know a little bit, but I'd like to hear it from you, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, aside from, you know, improv and, and, and stuff like that, uh, I also have my own podcast, uh, called the weekly regular. Um, and I also have another podcast with Carl Tart, who's, uh, uh, I don't know if he's been on this show yet. Not um, yet. I haven't Carl, Carl and I are good friends, but I have yet to be like, Hey dude, do you want to come on this? Cause I know, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be like, NCAA football or something, which I'm yeah, all, he, all, all for. I was or, very or into a farming simulator. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something I'll get, like that. I'll get Carl on eventually. Yeah. So, uh, Carl and I are cousins and we, uh, we discovered this while, uh, both at, at UCB, um, doing I, improv. You are? <laughs> yeah. We are related. <laughs> what? It's no a, it's way. a crazy story. Uh, 
So basically, the short version of it is his. Uh, we both have. Um, we're we're cousins. We're more like second cousins, but sure. we're you know we call each other cousins. Um, he he, he has family. Uh, both of our families are from Mississippi. Okay. And, yeah. uh, he had family visiting from Mississippi, visiting out here. Cause we both have family out here, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was two or three years ago and I had been only at, I've been only doing improv for like a year. Um, but I was very aware of who, of who Carl was because he was, you know, he, he was and is like one of the, you know, like well-known performers around as the As soon community. as he like stepped on the stage, I think he's been, I, and I th- actually <laughs> think he was plucked from 301 and put on Herald Night. Yeah, I don't, yeah. That, I, that's what I've heard a few times. From what I understand. Um, but he told me, so I would take it with a grain of salt. Um, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he had family, vi- he had family visiting from Mississippi and they went to go visit their family out here and that family turned out to be my mom. Mom, and I was Amazing. actually out of town. I was out of town at the time, and she and she messaged me, was like, "Hey, your family's in town visiting for the weekend." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm out of town." And then, like the <laughs> next day, <laughs> I get a DM from Carl uh, on Instagram, and he's like, "Hey, uh, so I met your mom yesterday, and apparently we're cousins, so uh, we should chop it up sometime." And I, I we hadn't met in person yet before, but we followed each other on Instagram. Um, yeah, and that's how that happened. And so that's since then, so like, funny. yeah. We've become good friends, and now we have a, a podcast uh, on Patreon called Carl Calls His Cousin. It's uh, associated with uh, Flagrant Ones and Hollywood yes. Handbook and and all of those guys. Uh, uh, yeah, so. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a uh, lot of fun. Carl is, Carl's great. Carl is, like, legitimately the first person to actually put me on at UCB. Mm. Uh, I was still, I, I think we had just met being mm-hmm. out because i got a later start than some people but we had just met i think being out and in the same social similar social circles mm-hmm. um and like i was still up and coming i hadn't even like gotten out of 401 i had like been uh not passed into advance several times and i was like i love this and i think i'm good at it like why <laughs> is this happening yeah that's but, the like, worst feeling in the it, world <laughs> it's it's really hard uh, i think i'm good at this yeah but like <laughs> I'm not getting past and these people are, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a whole thing. But that mm-hmm. spring, like right before things started to actually click and take off for me there, uh, mm-hmm. he asked, he DM'd me as well. So I guess we, we got those Carl DMs in, in common. Uh, and he <laughs> yeah, was the like, Carl Tart DM. Yes. And he was like, Connor, you're my cousin. Uh, that's not what he said. <laughs> yeah. He he was like, I met hey, your mom yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a big surprise for me. Um, yeah. Very welcome, but surprised. Uh, he was. He basically was just like, "Hey, do you want to do this show with Ronnie and I at UCB Sunset? It's Wednesday. You just got to show up. We'll like tell you what to do. It's pretty easy." And that show was legitimate goddamn theater. Oh. And I was just like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> uh, and all, first of all, like having seen him and Ronnie so much uh-huh. at that theater, and and like watched them and like idolized them, like many people. I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then in mm-hmm. the green room was like a bunch of people in that same vein. And like Noel Wells, who used to be on SNL, was doing a, a mm-hmm. sketch that night. It was it was really fun and really cool. So like, uh, you know, I like to give Carl crap, but he also put me on uh, <laughs> and and continue to do so and look out for me. So I appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Let's just hope, let's just not let him ever hear 
uh, us talking so positively about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to scratch <laughs> um, this from the recording. But all that being said, uh, uh, that is so cool. And I've seen you posting about, I think I've seen Carl posting about it as well because I saw mm-hmm. it was associated with the flagrant ones. That's awesome. How's it been so far? Oh, it's been fun. Uh, like we, we over the past like year or so have like been having these regular conversations on the phone yeah. and, and we're like, man, these conversations are funny. We should put them out as a podcast. And yeah. that's the way we've been doing it. Um, and it's funny because some of the like flagrant ones, sort of Hollywood handbook fans that who have gravitated over to the podcast, mm-hmm. some of them have had a difficult time understanding that it is just a phone call. Uh, because you know okay. they're they're used to you know they're used to uh, you know more you know joke heavy kind of improv yeah. heavy and and the show is funny but it's 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 a it's a funny with without as many layers of irony as like the Sean and Hayes podcast you know what I mean totally is it, um, it probably does it feel more like just being a like I guess it's a conversation so a fly on the wall and you're hearing people talk yeah basically Great. we never we we rarely uh, address the listener directly. Um, and we just kind of have conversations with each other and try to keep it as, as, uh, genuine to that as possible. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's been a good time. That's awesome. All, anything that you plug like that today, I'll be sure to put in the show notes of this episode. So people, so the listener, you can just click and go and check the shows out and like, and subscribe, even though you can't really <laughs> like a podcast, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's fantastic, dude. Thank you for, I appreciate you catching me up on all oh, of that. Yeah. Uh, it's so great. And and if you have more stuff that you want to plug during the show, don't hesitate. Um, so We've gotten to hear you know a little bit about you, but of course we're here to talk about video games. So the first thing I want to do, as I told you, is dive into your history in general. So the first question I have for you is, do you remember when you were first like took an interest in a game or if there was one out there that caught your attention? Um, My earliest video game memories are of Super Nintendo because I was born and raised in the 90s. So... <laughs> Uh, I just remember playing, um, man, Super Mario Brothers, yeah, um, and Donkey Kong Country, the one with Diddy Kong. So good. Uh, those were like the two, like the first two games that I really enjoyed. And then uh, I had that console for a long time um, because I wasn't old enough to articulate to my mom that I wanted something better, <laughs> so sure. that, like she yeah. wouldn't be able to justify spending that kind of money. Yeah. Uh, so I would go over to a friend's house. Uh, I had a friend who his name was Mike, and I don't, I don't know what. It's funny because oh, that's why. So um, his Mike's mom, uh, who I never learned her real name, but because I was so young, but like we called her Padrina because that means like God mom in Spanish. Okay. And um, and she would babysit me and my younger brother oh, and wow. her 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 son, Mike, was like 16 at the time. And I'm like, I'm like seven, but we're yeah. like hanging out and, and th- thinking back, it was like very strange, but um, <laughs> that uh, is, but it, I don't think I've heard, I like, you often hear of like an older, like kid mentor to younger yeah. kid but 16 to 7 that there is like a disconnect there <laughs> yeah i just i was just so uh, impressed by his video games because i think he had a sega genesis probably oh cool um and yeah and i remember playing like i loved uh killer instinct i thought that game oh, yeah. was incredible uh and then yeah and then from there i think at some point i would get a playstation one and video i've, I've been a I've been a, a, a gamer for a while. I, well, actually, I don't like to throw around the term gamer loosely because, like, I don't know. I feel like you have to earn Love that title, and I don't think I. Yeah, I don't think I put in enough work to call myself a gamer. 
Um, hey, you're you're. We've had this come up several <laughs> times on the show where people are like, "I don't know if I can say that about myself." It's like if you yeah. like video games, you're a gamer. Yeah. But like, you can okay. also separate yourself from the negative stuff that comes with that from some, you know, mm-hmm. the gaming culture. But you're a gamer, Asan. All right, I, I will wear it with honor. I feel um, like I'm I'm Hagrid. I'm gonna make a Harry Potter reference here. I feel <laughs> like I'm Hagrid at the beginning of the first one to every one of my guests. Where he and I'm just like. You're a gamer, Harry. What, uh, what movie does that happen in? That happens in the first one. Oh, in the first movie? Okay, yeah. I've seen that one. I, I've recently started going through all the Harry Potter movies from oh, the nice. beginning because I had never seen them before. Okay. Um, and I, I have seen the first three. And I, so I'm the type of person who I've, I've hated on the Harry Potter movies and their fandom for a long time. Yeah. And, and so I'm trying to, everyone's like telling me, you got to watch them. They're good. They get way better after three. You got to watch them. And so I've watched the first three. I, and I must say I was not impressed, but, uh, <laughs> but hopefully I'll build up the willpower to continue. Cause everyone's like, you gotta, you gotta watch it after three. They give, they get so much better. So you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, as someone who grew up with them and really <laughs> loved them and really loved the books, and I, I haven't seen the movies in a long time, but uh-huh. I remember liking those too a lot. Um, mm-hmm. To each their own. Like if you if it bounces off of you and you get in the middle of number four and you're just like, dude, I don't know how much uh, Spelliarmus <laughs> I can do or whatever. I don't even think I said it right, but um, uh, do your thing. It no no pressure <laughs> on you. <laughs> All right, uh, but yeah. So I've been playing video. I mean, I've. I've kept up with the Joneses in terms of consoles. Uh, awesome. Uh, I don't have the new, like the newest, newest consoles yet just cause that's partly because I don't have a, a, a fa- well now I do. I just got a new TV, but up until Ooh. now I haven't had a fancy enough TV to really appreciate the new consoles sure. yet. So, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably get a new one soon, but, uh, yeah, I love, I love all kinds of games. I play a little bit of everything. The only games I don't play a lot is like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe them, but like, <laughs> like new old games like so like games that like the the format of them are are like old but they're made for like to be played now yeah like the style is like a retro looking pixel style is that what you mean yeah or like dungeon crawlers and like stuff like that where like you know i i prefer like you know this generation of games now yeah you know what i mean totally like that makes a lot of sense i'm more drawn to that are there some games that you like of this PS4, Xbox One, gen- uh, Switch generation that you've like a couple that you've really been into or that you're oh, into yeah, right now? Hundred um, percent. I mean, I play. I mean, I play Call of Duty like everyone else. I feel like I don't. Pl- <laughs> I feel like that's kind of like not even a video game anymore. It's kind of just like a <laughs> like a social platform. Sure, uh, I feel you. Yeah, so I, I play Call of Duty like everyone else. Um, what else do I? I loved. Uh, I really loved the. Uh, uh, the Spider-Man PS4. Oh game. my gosh. Yeah. I haven't played the new one yet, but I loved Spider-Man Ooh. PS4. It was really good. Um, I'm a sucker for cinematic games as we'll get into, but, uh, okay. Yep. Of course. Yeah. I love, I have a real soft spot for the metal gear series. I was bummed Ooh. to see that you already did it. Oh, uh, at least some of them. Um, uh, yeah, the phantom pain was really good. I'm trying to think what else, you know what? Over the uh, over the course of the quarantine, I've gotten into like racing games, like car racing games. Oh, nice! Like, are we we talking like Forza, like that type of game? So I've only so I only have done one so far, and it's the Need for Speed. Um, 
what was the one that came? It came out like two years ago. I think it's called Need for Speed Heat or something like that. Okay. It's like a fake Miami and it's an open world racing game, which is kind of cool. And you can Whoa. like build the cars out and stuff like that. And it's interesting. Like, the coolest thing about that game is there's like normal cars on there. Like you can, oh, yeah, you can get a Lamborghini and like Mustangs and stuff, but you can also get like a Subaru Impreza, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> just, just freaking smoking dudes in a hatchback. <laughs> yeah. And you don't, and you can leave it completely stock, which I thought it was just hilarious to me. Like you that don't is, have to soup it out and put a supercharger in it or anything or a turbo or anything. You just drive a 2013 Subaru Impreza. I just thought that was really funny. That's absolutely incredible. That's like using a guy named Craig in Super Smash <laughs> Brothers. Just like Craig, yeah. Craig Mills yeah, over just, here. Just a guy in an Oxford shirt, some jeans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Office job. That's so funny. That's yeah. re- that's really cool. Um, Are you playing anything right? Is that what you're playing right now? Is there anything that you are playing um, now? Uh, aside from Call of Duty, the, I'm I'm working my way through Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I think I'm gonna give up on that pretty soon. Okay, it's kind of uh, it's kind of boring. Um, the uh, one thing I've I've realized I don't know if you play Assassin's Creed a lot. I've barely touched the series. Uh, okay, um, where the games have I think what they've gotten really good at is sort of rebuilding time periods and making you feel like you're in those time periods, Yeah, that is which cool. is really cool. But what has suffered is like the actual, like um, sort of the nuts and bolts gameplay of it in terms of like how to progress the story and like sure. making the story interesting. Um, I don't know if you've played red dead redemption at all. I've missed it, but it's, it's on, it's one of those like on my list that I'm like, ah, oh, I know I got to do it. Yeah, at some that point. game is like, to me, it's a perfect mixture of like the day-to-day stuff you have to do in order to keep the story moving. Yeah. Um, whereas I think Assassin's Creed is like, I don't know, it's just, it's gotten a little tiresome and kind of too open-ended for its own good, you know? Sure. I, I definitely understand that. Uh, but yeah, it's so I'm playing that. Yeah. That's like the main thing I'm playing right now before I take the, I'm going to get the new Spider-Man uh, at some point and play through that. I uh, highly recommend it. Um, what are you playing I've, right now? Uh, right now, well, thank you for asking. Yeah, uh, man. No one ever asked me on my uh, show <laughs> about the other person. Um, I'm playing. I play a lot of video games because I stream pretty regularly now. Oh, uh, okay. Um, or at least I try to. But my the game I'm putting the most time into is uh, on the P- it's for, it's a PS4 game called Yakuza Like a Dragon. Do you know this one at all? No, it, it sounds kind of familiar though. It's a part of this like long running Yakuza series, which I have missed entirely, which follows these dudes who are like in uh, this Japanese mob and uh, they're essentially like the mafia. Um, But this game is the newest one and it breaks from the genre of the series as far as gameplay. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a JRPG. Uh, Okay. So it's kind of like a Final Fantasy game set in the real world. uh, And it's about these 40 year old dudes trying to get their lives together. Uh, so it's really fun. It's charming as heck. Uh, and the character is the main character is like, so what I really appreciate, he's like so empathetic and he's trying to be like really understanding. Uh, like he fucks up and his his friends call him out on it and he (laughs) learns from it as opposed to being defensive. It's, it's funny what's drawn me to the game, but yeah, I think oh, it's pretty cool. I have to, before we move on, I have to shout out uh, Last of Us Part 2. That game was oh, yeah. probably the best game I've played in a long time. That was my, like, mid to late November. After I finished Miles Morales, mm-hmm. mid to late November was, like, every night, three hours of The Last of Us 2, crying. Like, it, yeah. was, it was so, 100%. Per, like, perse- it was a, 
I, I can't even think what I'm trying to say. It was just <laughs> relentlessly yeah. heartbreaking. That's it. Yeah, I wish that game went on forever. Like, that's how good it was. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, I just want to continue yeah. to play through the lives of the main characters. Like, it was just, it's so good. That game is amazing. I'm really interested to see, you know, in like six, seven years when we get part three, like, what the heck it looks like. And where, and like, are we going to see Dina again? We've got to. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, folks. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do like a time jump and we're like, 10 15 years in the future and so society has rebuilt a bit and like Ooh. I, that that's that's what i want to see like yeah I, I think i think the the game has kind of left itself open to that and I, man i'm excited for it but i feel like aside from that all the other new games i was looking forward to uh have kind of been disappointments which is oh, bummer. really a bummer yeah like Dang. the avengers game was really bad i don't oh, know if yeah. you played that i heard that um, you know, that game Anthem was really bad. I was really looking forward yep. to that. Uh, yeah. And then the last one I was looking really forward to uh, is Cyberpunk. But I've been hearing that that's not as good as it could be. So I've I've heard the same. I, I was uh, I wasn't excited for it. And then I got really hyped off of one like hour long video from this guy. I really like Tim Rogers. Uh-huh. Um, and then all the stuff started coming out and I just got turned off in <laughs> seemingly every way possible. Right. Um. Oh, if quick recommendation and spoiler alert, I've got some recs for you at the end of the show. Oh, okay. Just based on what you said you've enjoyed. um, I have, I, one game that I've recently loved is Ghost of Tsushima and. Yeah, I started that. I need to continue with it. Okay, cool. I've heard that it's, people have compared it to like Red Dead a little bit, but I know that it's different in some ways. A little, a little bit. It, it, It plays, it plays more like a movie by design. Yeah. Um, it. I will say this, it's, to me, it's not as, it's not as deep, right? It, there's, you can platinum this game really easily. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't think it's, um, the world is as populated enough as this game should be to really enjoy it. Um, you just don't get the same because Red Dead, the thing that's cool about Red Dead is every time you get to a new town or a new area, there's just like tons of people and stuff going on and everything feels like it's existing, like whether you're there or not. Oh, yeah. And Ghost of Tsushima, there's a lot of and I get it because it's like the the, you know, the style of story they're telling. You spend a lot of time alone kind yeah. of just traversing the the countryside and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it just it kind of gets a little like repetitive. Um, and it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did you play, uh, what was that, uh, Hideo uh, Kojima game? Oh, Death Stranding. Yeah. Did you ever play that? I played about four hours and I did like it, but I also was like, oh, I want to play something else. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like that. It's like, I appreciate this game, but I, there's just not much motivating me to play this a whole yeah. lot right now. You know, I definitely um, know. And it, the Death Stranding was a little bit more, uh, uh, offensive than that just because like, <laughs> I feel like that game was actively trying to troll people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, that's a whole nother conversation. Have you done death stranding yet on the podcast? No, oh, no one man. has, no one has cho- chosen to make that their game. <laughs> I think everyone hates that game. That's why <laughs> I feel like I've heard the people I've talked to. I've heard mixed reviews. Like some people was like, I loved it for what it was. And other people were like, I can't believe I played a walking simulator for that long. <laughs> Yeah, you should talk to uh uh if you're if you ever want to do it, you should talk to Mikey Stevens about it. Oh my he, gosh. Uh, he I think Veteran he really of the enjoyed show. Yeah, I think he really enjoyed playing that game. Okay. You should talk to him. <laughs> I'll have to bug him. He's he's actually the most the person who's been on the show uh the most out of anybody. He's been on I mostly just have people on once and then someday have them back, but he hosted uh-huh. an episode for me once and then he oh, was okay. on 
two of the big ones I do. So we'll get them too. So thank you for the hot tip. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Thank you for diving into so much video game history for me. That was <laughs> yeah. that was really fun. I truly enjoy getting an idea of where someone's coming from mm-hmm. with their game enjoyment. Um, but really quick, we'll go ahead before we talk about... In fact, we haven't even referenced the game yet. Would you introduce the game before we go to break that we're going to talk about today? <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to talk about uh, this video game that I discovered... Uh, I, I really, I, I discovered it the same way. Like you discovered Jumanji, like <laughs> it just kind of, I don't know where I got it from. I don't know how I had it, but I found it one day and I put it in the PlayStation two. No one mm-hmm. it probably was. Uh, and it's called heart of darkness and you're the first person I've ever mentioned this game to, and they've heard of it. Oh wow! Yeah, I've never, I've never had this before. Like everyone looks at me like I'm crazy when I say that. But like when I, yep. hey, you ever play Heart of Darkness? They're like, what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> they're always like the. Because uh, isn't there a movie called Heart of Darkness? Like a. There definitely is because I learned while googling this game that I had to put like PS One in the Google, <laughs> right. so it would come up. Yeah, I think Heart of Darkness. It might even be like a uh, like a like an like evil a dead sequel or something like that or something okay. like that or maybe it's a i know it's some kind of like whatever but anyway um yeah it's this game called heart of darkness it's like a cinematic kind of you know one player kind of you know cinematic game and it, it's very weird it's i don't know do you want to get into like any of the the plot elements of it yet or do you just want to let's let's do that when we get back from the break okay we can do but, that there's a awesome. lot there so but. uh i'll see you on the other side i'll see you on the other side Hello, my name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcast can be found. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Here today discussing Heart of Darkness with Hassan Williams. We are the two people in the world who have ever heard of this game, so you're <laughs> in luck, listener. Um, before we dive into uh, like the majority of Hassan's personal experience, I'm going to go through some uh, brief, brief history and context. And Hassan, if you want to jump in at any point, please do. Um, otherwise, I'll just roll for us. So... Heart of Darkness is, as Hassan said, a cinematic platform video game developed by French developer Amazing Studio, which I thought is a very funny name for a studio. <laughs> uh, uh, and, you know, think pretty highly of yourselves. Um, published <laughs> yeah. by Infogrames Info Multimedia in Europe and Interplay Productions in North America and distributed by Tantrum Entertainment and Infogrames for PlayStation and Microsoft Windows. Um a fun fact is that a Game Boy Advance port was planned for this and was announced in 2001, but it was never released. 
Um, the game places the player in the role of a child named Andy, and we'll dive into all this more as well later, um, who attempts to rescue his dog who's been kidnapped from these shadow-like specters. Uh, and the game itself is about an hour and a half of storytelling, cinematic sequences, um, excuse me, half hour of that. It's got a bunch of 2D animated frames, uses pre-rendered background scenery. Uh, it's supervised by game developer Eric Chahi, who's known for a game that we've we've covered on this uh, our, this network on our show Super NPCs, Another World. Um, this was this time he did this with a team of artists and developers, not just himself, um, and is also features a score for, uh, by film and TV composer Bruce Broughton. <laughs> uh, that's about it for the brief history and context. And there's some stuff I want to dive in more later, but, um, yeah. let's get into anything you want to say about it. Where do you want to kick off? Do you want to talk about the, like the game's plot? Do you want to talk about how you discovered it? Where do you want to start? Uh, yeah, we can kind of get into sort of just the overall kind of vibe and sort of the experience yeah, of playing it. So the the uh, knowing that it's made by uh, like a French developers, it makes more sense because it is very sure. farcical. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's a word, but it is. But very, I understand what you mean. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Uh, it, it is. So the game. <laughs> uh, it, I remember. I think it was a like a double disc. Uh, I think that oh, it, cool. it took two discs, which was like very important to me at the time. Like I had just <laughs> discovered that with Metal Gear Solid. I was like, oh, that means these games. I, I associated that with that. Like the games are good then if they yes. have two discs. <laughs> uh, and I was just very excited. I, I, like I said, I don't remember how I got the game. Uh, I just kind of and no one has ever heard of it. So it's just like this weird kind of it's kind of like if I had to relate it to a, like a movie. In terms of like where it sits in like the cultural sort of experience for me, like it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the Fifth Element, uh, oh, like okay. where it's like this weird kind of, but like less known. Like imagine if the Fifth Element had no movie stars in it. Like if there was yeah. no, <laughs> if there was no Bruce Willis, if there was no you know Gary Oldman. Like if it was just a bunch of like you know you know French actors and stuff like that yes, making this totally. weird. It is kind of like it's like this weird game where uh it's like it's it's one of those things also too where it's like who is this game for because it's kind of it's about a kid and it's about kid problems like he loses his dog he like is bored by school and he loses his dog and he has to try to fight to get his dog back and but it's also very like kind of horrifying in a yes, lot of moments very much <laughs> uh like there's these weird creatures that he has to help and they're kind of gross <laughs> and, and it's just weird. Like he gets transported to this like crazy, like nether realm for, for a while. Yeah. And then also too, the thing that like thinking back on the gameplay, cause I haven't played it since I was like 10 years old, but oh, wow. um, thinking back on the gameplay, like if it's for kids, it, it, it's hard to believe that it's for kids because there's not a lot of hand holding through the game. Like yeah, there's no totally. like heads up display that tells you, Hey, do this next. Like mm -hmm. there's no, there's none of that. It's just kind of like <laughs> literally there's a sequence where like when you first get you like, so spoiler alert for the game, I guess you get like this, uh, this ability to fight back against these creatures with like these, these, you can throw these energy balls and stuff. Yeah. Right. Uh -huh. And, but the way you get that power is somehow you end up underwater uh, <laughs> like you, you're dropped from, I think one of the, one of the friendly creatures is carrying you or something and you get dropped into some water and you're, and it cuts from the, uh, the cinematic directly to the gameplay, which is like yeah. one of the first times I've ever seen that. 
um, and you're just underwater swimming. And you, in order to get the powers, you have to swim down and touch this like big green orb at uh-huh. the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> but it doesn't tell you to do that. Like yeah. it, it, it's relying on your childlike curiosity, you know, yeah. to get you to progress to the game, which I thought is just like a very bold. Like I always think about like how many kids like didn't figure that out and just got super frustrated with it and turned it totally. off. Totally. Like it, it's, but it is one of those games. It's like you know, yeah. It's it's really kind of nuts. It, it, it is. It's, yeah. It's, so this game, every man, you just shared so much that I want to talk about. It's, <laughs> sorry, it's, it's, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. Um, but what you are, what you were sharing specifically, the most recent thing about um, it not holding your hand, and you sort of having to discover these things on your own, and mm-hmm. it, and just coming from your di- desire to explore and test things out, is. Uh, is like a huge what I remember being like a strength of the game but also it is one of those things where if you're not curious I might be like oh I'm not going to swim to the bottom there's probably going to be a monster or something Mm -hmm. but because this game is built in a way where you get a lot of checkpoints where you sort of get unlimited tries at things you're not Mm -hmm. discouraged to do that right from what I can remember um yeah yeah no, yeah, it is very much it rewards your curiosity in a lot of ways and it rewards your patience for like trying to figure out how to do different things. Yeah. Um and and because the way to do certain things is never obvious. <laughs> yes. And so yeah, it does kind of like and I I remember that too like it, it it I remember it reloading pretty fast like when if you like missed a jump or something and mm-hmm. fell to your death like it would restart pretty quickly. Um but yeah, the, yeah, I always thought that was interesting about it for sure. Yeah, it's so the game that I referenced up up top in the history and context, Another World. Are you familiar with that game at all? No, no, I'm not. So this is a game that I didn't know existed until this year. My um, co-host of Super NPCs and producer of this show, Jeremy Schmidt, was like, hey, we're going to talk about this game, Another World, for you to play. It's free on PS Now. You can download it. So if you ever want to check it out, feel free. But I played this game and I texted him and I was like, dude, this reminds me of this game I played growing up called the heart of or called heart of darkness. And he's like, well, that's because it was made by the same person. And my mind was blown. And it's the same sort of it functions so similarly. You're also like a, a, a red haired dude as the main character, except you're an adult. You get transported to this world. You have to just like try things. It's trial and error. You die a million times. (laughs) <laughs> so that game so when I played the, another world this year it's also very very short um it was like second nature because of the heart of darkness experience I had mm-hmm. it was just so curious what did you um what uh do you remember thinking anything or do you have any opinions on like the the cut scenes the full motion video scenes with like models <laughs> yeah I remember even at the time thinking this looks pretty bad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, And, and, and looking back, you know, it's funny. I should have gone on YouTube and looked it up uh, some of these clips, but I remember them just the animation style being um, very like garish and kind of like in your face and like not nothing about it was very pleasant to look at. Oh yeah. uh, Which is just so strange. Yeah. (laughs) because it's like again it's like who is this game for but i did find them very entertaining though i thought they were very funny um there's a lot of slapstick with like uh the the like the friendly creatures that you help out um and then you know there's like the 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 big bad like the the sauron character who Mm -hmm. like 
is very horrifying and yeah, like I thought the the animation was very involved in tor- in terms of like the world building and yeah. and you see some pretty horrific things, but um yeah, it it very much is of the time and and you know, totally. I don't it probably has not aged well. <laughs> yeah, it's so this game as I was doing research, I found that uh this will come up in a fact later, but it had a it was in development for almost 6 full years. So when they started developing it, I'm sure these this sort of idea of these these 3D model looking characters was like state of the art. In fact, mm-hmm. when they showed it at a at a conference in like the middle of its development, people were like, what is this? This is going to be amazing. It came from this guy who did another world. But then by the time it released, it was already dated. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, they're, they are so strange looking. It looks like bad Toy Story, like yeah. Andy from Toy Story almost. Yes, 100%. Um, but it, but like you said, I, f- I felt like it was really charming and it was really mm-hmm. cool to see the way they mixed it with the, which I think looks really beautiful, the actual graphics of the game. Right. Yeah. I think the, the gameplay actually looks really good. Totally. Um, I, I remember that specifically. I thought the, the design of like the world looks really cool. I thought the design of like his energy powers looked really oh, cool. Like yeah. it kind of. Like there's a, I don't, I don't remember how many different versions of like the little energy strike you could do, mm. but I, I remember that there was one where like the energy seemed to kind of like well up from within him and then like shoot out his hands. And oh, I just wow. thought it looked so, it looked really cool. Like it just, um, yeah, it was very reminiscent of like a, uh, like a Mortal Kombat kind of thing, but it just felt like, you know, the style was all, all its own, you know, I, I like that. I, I think it looked really good. I'm right there with you. Um, I, I'm, I found myself a being getting really close to share some of like my own personal context. So I'd actually like to sort of pivot to like how you discovered this game in the first place. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't really know. Uh, it kind of was just there, uh, but it, this was during the time where um, it was definitely one of the first games that I played on PlayStation. Yeah. Um, because it was in that time where I, I remember fondly when I got a PlayStation uh, playing the demos that came with it. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, so and there were some crazy games on that. Yeah. Uh, but I remember playing those, I, I wore those demos out cause there were some games on there that I really enjoyed. Um, like jet moto, I think was on mm-hmm. there. Um, is that Legas- how you discovered metal gear solid? Yes. Oh, I discovered I've heard metal- the, the legend yes. of the demo. Yeah. It was the, it was number eight, I believe. It was a Sony PlayStation demo number eight wow. that had Metal Gear Solid on it. <laughs> I just remember, I, yeah, that sticks out of my head so fondly. Uh, that one, uh, what else was on there? Like uh, le- this game called, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's called Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. I do know this game <laughs> because it was, it's wild. Uh, it was also on Dreamcast and we just did a big Dreamcast okay. episode for something else. So I do know that game. <laughs> yeah, that game. I played that. I played that demo a lot. Um and then, uh, yeah, there was just a bunch of games on there. Um, I think oh, I can't remember. There's a, I think Gran Turismo was one of the games on there as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, I, I guess my mom just like saw it and thought that I would like the game. Sure. Um, it's got a kid a, and a dog on the cover. There was another game she bought me too. That was like a weird kind of niche game. This one was Japanese. It was called Brave Fencer Musashi. Yes, I've heard of this game. <laughs> 
Wow, you were exposed to some interesting stuff on that PlayStation. I, what I think happened was my mom went down to like when she got the PlayStation, like she went to the uh, like Blockbuster or wherever and just bought like the bargain games. Yeah, and was like, here you can. These are these will take up a bunch of your time. <laughs> totally. And yeah, and I just remember playing that game. That was that game. Man, I loved that game. Um, wow. And that was like a kind of a um, like a Final Fantasy kind of. Uh, ripoff game not uh, bad but yeah and then i guess so i guess heart of darkness was just one of those games that she bought and yeah and i just started playing as a kid i love that game i've played through it i remember playing through it a bunch of times because it's not that long of a game yeah and i just love the story so much and i was fascinated by because they don't give you a lot of direction i was fascinated to see if like there's multiple ways to do certain things sure and most of the time there wasn't but like i didn't know that <laughs> you know? yeah and so i played through it a bunch that's awesome. I f- it feels like th- th- at least if what I remember about it and what is true about Another World is true, it was fun to like even if you kept dying over and over to like mm-hmm. some to like be like I know I can figure this thing out. It's if it's not this throwing this energy blast, then maybe it's like running into it or maybe I got to get this enemy to chase after me and break something. Mm-hmm. Uh so so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um are were you in LA as a kid? Uh, yeah, I was in the I was in uh, San Bernardino, uh, the Inland Empire, which is like an hour east of LA. But yeah, Southern California. Awesome. Where, so yeah. when you were when you had your PlayStation set up or your video game set up at your home, mm-hmm. was this in your room? Was this in some like cool video game room? <laughs> no. Like lay lay out the scene for me. So I didn't have a TV in my room until um, like probably middle school, so like thirteen. 12, 13 years old, 14 years old. So, but before that point, all the video games were set up in the living room. So like, if I wanted to play, my mom would have to sit there and watch me play. Um, <laughs> what so, a nice yeah. audience. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it was, it was out in the living room until I was like 13 or 14. Then I got a TV in my room and then the, the PlayStation moved in there. And then nobody ever saw you again. Yeah. Yeah. And then they didn't <laughs> see me again until high school. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's so cool that your mom would watch you. It, it, there is something uh, that felt, because I didn't have a TV in my room until I think I was maybe like sixth grade. So maybe I was 12. Um, but there was something that felt, that kind of reminds me of playing video games with like your roommates watching growing up or in college. It's like someone else is there because you're in the common space and there's no other place to do this. Right. So as yeah. opposed to like, being totally separate, you are together in this. Not that I don't want to paint your mom in some light that she was like fully focused in because maybe she wasn't, but it just, <laughs> I, I appreciate hearing that she was along for the ride, just watching you play this game and this kid getting eaten all the time mm-hmm, <laughs> by mm-hmm. all and these I th- monsters. I think, uh, yeah. And I think that's where my fascination with um, sort of third person, one player kind of cinematic games came from because my brother, I have a brother who's younger than me. He's six years younger than me. Okay. So, um, for like my first few years playing video games, I didn't have anyone to play with because he was either not born or too young. Yeah. So, um, like fighting games and things like that never appealed to me early on, except for killer instinct when I was playing with Mike. Um, but like once I was too, once I was old enough to not be at daycare and I, uh, I was at home, like often I was playing by myself. So like, you know, I don't need street fighter. Like I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and so I never got and then, but that's a dangerous thing too, because 
uh, if you're not playing those games from a young age, like those fighting games, like you're kind of behind the curve. And so I was yeah. never good enough at those games to justify like enjoying playing them. Cause anytime I would play against someone who'd been playing them for a long time, I would just get slaughtered. Um, I relate to that so much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, e- even like, even games that are designed to be two player, like sports games and stuff like that. I always appreciate when they have a great like campaign or like one player story mode. Oh um, yeah. Cause that's like, that's my jam. Oh yeah. It's, that's a, that's something that I wish that I know a lot, uh, like many games still do. Like I, I was talking to Jeremy recently and he was telling me how the newest Mortal Kombat has a really great story mode. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think of games that are also maybe supposed to be multiplayer that don't like, uh, I love the Mario Kart series, but there is not like a single player campaign like there is in like Diddy Kong racing or I think Crash Team Racing even has that. And Mm -hmm. I appreciated that too because I love those campaigns on multiplayer games are so much fun for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So is there, as as far as Heart of Darkness goes, Mm -hmm. um, was there, like, when you think of that game or, like, do you know, you sort of touched on a lot of little things about it Mm -hmm. that you really loved and a lot of big things. Um, I just sort of wanted to open up and be like, is there anything uh, about it that uh, that you didn't get to share or that you would like to uh, just keep talking about with that game? Um, yeah, I, I think um, I think there are a couple of interesting things about that game that like when I think back as an adult and think about video games at the time, there weren't yeah. a lot of games like that, at least from my memory, where like the – so – the idea of the protagonist being like a kid yeah um and then in in a violent game didn't uh that seemed like new you know what i mean that sure. didn't, i hadn't seen that before yeah you know like there was like resident evil and stuff like that but like all of that was like the you know it's adults and stuff like that so this kid like being the person to fight off these monsters was like interesting to me yeah um yeah uh, i'm trying to think it's, there was that that i think to, to touch on that a little bit because yeah. I, reson- I resonate with that a lot uh-huh. because I think that might be one of the reasons that this game scared me so much was that <laughs> yeah. I was watching another little kid getting yep. like just slaughtered or eaten or, mm-hmm. or like just ch- like sliced up, whatever it was. That's another thing too. Yeah. I, man, I totally forgot about that until you said that, but <laughs> yeah, like you would get eaten by stuff. Like yeah. you'd be swimming through like the, you know, like the ocean or whatever. And there'd be like these, um, like tentacle things coming out of like, you know, like vents in the ocean floor. And like, if you got too close, they'd snatch you and eat you. And like your little shoe would be floating through like the, yes, (laughs) it was terrible. Like like, this is, it's probably why I'm afraid of water today. You know, (laughs) thanks heart of darkness. Yeah. Is yeah. That game is wild. Now that I think about it, like it was very dark. Very, it, uh, very dark. it's like burned in my mind is like an image of like those, the little uh, creatures like throwing him, like if they catch him, like throwing him up and then oh, destroying yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cause my friend, I'll, I'll share briefly my little history with this game. I never owned uh-huh. it, but my good friend growing up, Ryan Hamilton owned it, who strangely uh-huh. enough is like, as the, has the reddest hair in the world. So maybe it was really personal to him. <laughs> um, but I, remember watching him play this game and trying it and simultaneously being so afraid and like, and just like thrown off by the, just seeing this, these things happen to this kid, but also so intrigued and being like, how far can I get? Like, what can I do here? It was just really interesting. But 
Um, did you have another thing you were going to share? I sort of cut you off. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. I also was fascinated. Like, so I've always been fascinated since I was a little kid with like superpowers and the, and, and typically like I'm always much more drawn to superpowers that seem like organic to the person. Mm, yeah. Like some kind of like, so I was never into like Iron Man or Batman or like, or even, even powers that seemed a little bit more like, um, outside of the body. Like I'm sure. trying to think of an example. Um, so like, uh, to, like to Ant give you some, man almost, yeah, Ant-Man or like, even like, I was never really impressed by like Superman or like the ability to fly or something sure. like that. Like I was always much more like, so my favorite, like, like my favorite superhero of all time is Spider-Man. Like I love Spider-Man. Hard not to um, love Spider-Man. <laughs> right. Um, and when Sam Raimi made the first Spider-Man movie and made the, his web shooters organic, like a part of his body, yeah. th that was like the greatest thing in the world to me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. And when yeah. it wasn't like that for the other stuff, because I didn't mm -hmm. read the comics growing up, but I would uh -huh. love those movies. I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just thought the idea of like, if, if he's going to become a Spider-Man and be able to stick to walls, like yeah. why, why not? like be able to shoot webs from your wrist, you know? I yeah. thought that was so great. Like, I love that. So like, and like my favorite X-Man was always Iceman. Like I thought okay. Iceman was great. Like I just, there's something about like having some kind of energy inside of you that you like can manifest and put out into the world. Like yeah. not to get too hippy dippy with it, but to me that was no, always like, that was always much more fascinating to me. So like, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I would draw like superheroes and it would basically be like a kid who looks like me, but like with some kind of power and yeah. they were always like, not because I didn't want to like rip off the superheroes that already existed. So they were always sure. like, not quite as cool. Yeah. So like, I remember drawing a guy who, uh, <laughs> who shot water out of his hand instead of ice, like Iceman. Awesome. <laughs> and that's just, that's just not as cool. You could, I'm sure there's like some use for it out there. <laughs> yeah. Like he can extinguish a fire yeah, or like yeah, water a that. plant. I yeah, water like, I'm liking yeah. this the more we're talking about it. Yeah. Or like, uh, did you ever watch the secret world of Alex Mack growing up? No, I didn't. So that was like a Nickelodeon show about this girl who like, I think she gets superpowers from like a, like some kind of radiation or like okay. some kind of chemical spill, chemical spill. And, it's like this Nickelodeon show. It's really weird. It stars the girl from uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. But okay, yeah. Anyway, uh, she, like, her powers are, like, she can, uh, her main power, I, I have a hard time remembering all the other ones, but her main power is she can, like, turn herself into, like, water. Okay. Like, she can turn into a puddle of water and, like, move around. Like, that type of stuff is really cool to me, and I don't yeah. know why, but, yeah. Cool, and, and I would just be like, all right, I hope it doesn't freeze suddenly. Yeah. Hope no one gets thirsty. No cat gets <laughs> right. thirsty around me. Right. That is, so, I, yeah. That stuff, that type of stuff is really fascinating, yeah. though. So, and that's why I loved Heart of Darkness because I thought it was way cool that the kid didn't have like a ray gun or like yeah. a, you know, like a slingshot. Like, I was so cool. Like, he has this like weird energy inside him now. I thought that was really cool. I think that is so cool. And I, I really hadn't thought about it till today because I'd actually forgotten. Because you start off this game with your own little ray gun once you crash land here, which mm -hmm. I thought the ray gun was really cool. You're shooting this blue beam at these guys. It's kind of like almost Ghostbusters-esque. Um, but then eventually it lose, he loses it and it gets broken. But being replaced, like you, like you said, by this like energy coming from inside him is amazing. And it mm -hmm. is so cool. It's almost like 
I think it's the, it seems to be in line with the reason that you like that idea so much is like, it's coming from you and it says mm-hmm. more, it's like, it is a little hippy dippy, but like, it's kind of beautiful, honestly. Yeah, no, it is. I think, I think it's great. Um, and I, I'd be interested to like either play it again or like go through and watch someone else play it. Um, cause I'm sure there, the, the game is saying more than what my brain was ready for at the time. Yeah. So, uh, I'd be interested to see what kind of, um metaphors or, or things like that the game is trying to say with like the story it's telling or maybe it's just a weird french farce and it doesn't mean anything it both <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> both realities are on the table right yeah, now yeah <laughs> this yeah. is a game that i uh i this last summer got a playstation one for the first time uh-huh. i uh i ordered the you know how they released the like smaller version that they actually called ps1 mm-hmm. um well i got that on ebay with a couple games and I got a few more, and that's one that I've looked at a few times on eBay because I, I do really want to replay it. So when yeah. you brought – like first, I can't I don't even remember what game you were like, let's talk about this. But then you came back pretty quick and were like, actually, no, let's talk Heart of Darkness. I was like, what, Asan? Where is this coming from? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I had uh, – I had yeah, I had forgotten about it, and then once I thought of it, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. We got to do Heart of Darkness. It's such a weird game. Yeah, and I'm like so happy that it's going to be on this list of this show. So someone's going to be scrolling down someday and being like, "I'm not going to find this game." And then there it is. Like we we did a game with I'm not sure, I don't know if you know Aaron Kelly Smith, another really fantastic improviser. But okay. she came on and talked about this <laughs> this other actually French game called uh, Little Big Adventure Two slash It's got two titles slash Twinsons Odyssey. I had never heard of this. I didn't think anybody knew of it. And we had Uh some, I want to say some guy from Portugal comment on our Instagram and be like, I am so happy I found this. I didn't know that someone would do an episode about this game. So we're going to get some cool guy from Portugal to comment on this episode's Instagram, Asan. Yeah. All because of you. (laughs) Yeah. Portugal Um, fans are great. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Uh, Portugal the fan. Uh, yeah, Portugal the fan. <laughs> I, I, what's this? Um, I've been notified uh, that if Harold Knight comes back, I'm off. Okay, well, <laughs> sorry, Christine. Um, uh, we've gotten to talk about so much that's great, and I'm so glad you had those extra things to share. Uh, assuming you didn't have anything else, uh, would you like to like put a bow on this and maybe wrap up your feelings on Heart of Darkness before we move on to some fun stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to wrap up. Uh, I love the game. It's super weird uh, and fun and funny. And I think more games should be one player and and cinematic and 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 thought provoking and and weird and more games like Heart of Darkness in the future. There we are. I'm gonna say I hope for the same thing. Uh, well, that's fantastic. We're not done, but I but thank you so much for sharing about yeah. your history with this game and how you feel about it. That was really fun to dive in, but. Of course, I do have two fun post-game segments, as I always do. The first one that I have prepared for you, Asan, is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And this is where I just share facts about the game with my guest. And we were, at the beginning of the show, we were talking about how we didn't think many people have played it. It was hard for me to even Google it or look up stuff about it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really hard to find, like, any facts about this game or secrets <laughs> or like yeah i don't think it exists <laughs> it's yeah maybe we're we've made this up um yeah but i do have two for you the first All one right. um this comes from moby games uh apparently the friendly aliens that that you referenced that andy runs into during the game uh 
Do you know what they're called? Because I I can share that with you. They've got a pretty a name I wouldn't have guessed, but it's like a name we a word we both know. Um, I'm trying to remember because I know it's like a, I think it's like a very common word. It is. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't remember what it is. Go for it. That's okay. Uh, they're called amigos. That's which right. is which that's the, right. the this fact it 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 I think it was fair that it explained that means a friend in Spa- friends in Spanish. Oh, okay, uh, that makes yeah, a lot of sense. We, now we get it. Um, um, and it's funny because in this English version, the characters speak like this broken Spanish, like their speech is broken up. The words yeah. don't always finish, so it like sounds like Spanish, but then again, it's not exactly. Um, so that's the amigos for you. Yeah, uh, that that actually now that you say that I I can remember like I can hear it now the dialogue from the game and you know the the moment where they realize that that's what they're called. Um, yeah, I can remember it now. That's really interesting. Oh, funny. Um, <laughs> the second fact that I have for you, uh, which we also sort of talked about earlier, is the development hell of this game. Um, mm-hmm. th- my big takeaway. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it in just a second, but basically Heart of Darkness had a tumultuous development cycle, which was basically unheard of at the time. Games used to get pumped out way faster than they do nowadays, both because games were easier to make, but also crunch was a thing that we didn't crunch wasn't a word. So like you would work 80, hundred hour weeks as a video game developer, which is super unhealthy. Um, (laughs) But this game had a really tough cycle. It began development in 92 and of course wasn't finished till the summer of 1998. Um, And it took so long that it was planned and scrapped for many consoles and I'll start naming them. It It was supposed to come out for the 3DO, the Amiga CD32, the Atari Jaguar, the Panasonic M2, and even temporarily planned to be a Sega Saturn exclusive before it got canceled for that console. Wow. Uh, and then eventually just released on, as I don't think I even said it earlier, PS1 and uh, PC. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, canceled and planned for five other consoles, which that's how long <laughs> that was going on. It's just nuts. Yeah. Um. But that's the end of the fact we buy your game segment. And I'll move on to the game recommendations, which Asan, this is my one, as I always say, my forced tie into the movie Call Me By Your Name. So this is my one connection. Okay. Because I'm going to treat uh, Heart of Darkness like your army hammer in that movie, like your your passionate summer love from the specific time that you're mm-hmm. moving on from and you're eventually going to date someone new. So like I've always wondered what do the people look like or who are the people that Timothy Chalamet's character dates after that. So mm-hmm. this is sort of based off this. It's mostly for fun. But um, <laughs> the first game that I have is that if you – since you like the this uh, cinematic action platformer that's really artistic, uh, a recommendation I have for you is a game called Skull Monkeys. Do you know this game at all? No. What is I'm that? Gonna, I'm going to toss it – and I'll toss a link to the Wikipedia in the chat. I hope it doesn't – I hope it has some models. You know what? It probably doesn't. But um, anyway, I'll toss the – I'll still toss the Wikipedia in there. But it's this really cool follow-up to one to a game that I have a similar feeling uh, – a similar relationship to Heart of Darkness with, which it's this really artistic game called The Neverhood. It's a claymation action-like cinematic game. Um, but this is the follow-up too. So it's the darker uh, sequel to Neverhood. So that's sort of why 
I recommend it. I know this doesn't doesn't really show you much on the Wikipedia you page. You know what it looks like to me? <laughs> it looks like um, medieval. Oh, yeah, that, that, that that's skull. That's what that reminds me of. That skull reminds me of medieval. Did you ever play medieval? Yeah, I, I've I've definitely played it a little bit. That's that so, was that was one of the games I had that on a demo as well. <laughs> oh no, it's the famous demos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's one that I've got for you. Skull monkeys. All right. Um, the second one that I have is this game. Uh, if if you are really wanted for some reason, Asan, you're like I gotta follow this guy Eric Chahi who created this game to mm-hmm. to whatever he's done in the future. He created this game called from dust which is kind of what it sounds like it's a god video game where you essentially uh are uh, it's like a strategy it, it game where you are building life up um i'll also throw the wikipedia article in the chat but if for some reason you're a big eric chahi stan then this 2011 <laughs> ps3 xbox 360 game uh, is might be up your alley, but it, it honestly looks absolutely insane. <laughs> From dust, I, I, man, I'm into that. Sounds um, like a game that someone would pitch at APU if there was a game program <laughs> there still. Which actually, I think they have that now. Do uh, they really? That's I feel like I get their like their uh, cinematic arts emails still, and I'm I pretty sure too, they yeah. do. Um, From dust. Okay, yeah, that's in, that. Actually, that sounds very interesting to me. Great. Uh, and the last one I've got for you, this is my out of left field one. If the thing that you uh, were so, most attached to in the game and just can't get away from is is the dog and the boy's relationships to the dog, Asan, it feels only appropriate that the game I recommend to you is the Nintendo DS standout title, Dogs. Do you know this game? You remember it at all? <laughs> no, is it? Uh, no, I don't. Is it like a uh, like a gigapet type thing? It sort of is, but like it was on the Nintendo DS, and you could basically like take care of a little puppy that was on your screen, and you because it has a touch screen, you could interact with the stylus and feed it and play with it. Mm. So if you're just if the dog and the puppies are what you love, <laughs> couldn't be more different from Heart of Darkness. But that's my recommendation for you. So there you All go. All right. Well, I'll, yeah, I'm definitely going to check out uh, From Dust, and I'll, I'll see what the Nintendogs is talking about, too. Oh, thank you very much. You, you didn't have to say that, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, that's the end of the game recommendations, and that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, so we'll do some plugs, and again, plug anything that you like. But I did want to say again, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's so funny that we have circled around each other for, who knows, 10 years now? And this is like our most in-depth sit-down conversation. So I appreciate you taking the time. This was really fun. Oh, yeah. I had a blast. Uh, like Jumanji, uh, Heart of Darkness has brought us together and we're closer now for it. Yes. Um, like Jumanji, it very much has. I love that comparison. Uh, well, cool. So uh, on our way out, um, would you like to go ahead and just plug anything in as much that you'd like and then I'll, I'll finish us off afterwards? Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, man, you can, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at Asan the DJ, uh, across all social media platforms. Um, yeah. And you can just check out my two podcasts that I have, um, the weekly regular, um, you can find that everywhere. That's like <laughs> a, uh, it's a conversation podcast. It started, uh, originally as a, it was me and like a co-host. Um, but now it's evolved to me and like a rotating, um, stable of co-hosts and we oh, just, nice. yeah. And we just recap, um, 
we recap what we've done that week. So like in our personal lives, and then we oh, recap cool. sort of like pop culture news, movie news. Right now, uh, me and my buddy Derek are, uh, he's one of the guest hosts I have on a lot. Uh, we are reviewing WandaVision oh, uh, nice. episodes each week. So yeah, doing some fun stuff over there. Um, and then if you want to check out uh, me and Carl's podcast, uh, it's Carl Calls His Cousin, and that's on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, just go to patreon.com slash Carl Calls His Cousin or... Or you can find it on the Flagrant Ones page on Patreon as well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, like I said earlier, uh, listener, I'll be sure to include all that stuff uh, in the show notes. So you can just click it. And then I'll close this out with some plugs of my own. Sweet. Uh, the cover art for this show is done by Glenn J. You can find their other incredible work at at Glenn dot j on instagram that's two n's in glenn uh we also have a patreon like i mentioned earlier check us out at patreon.com slash super npc radio especially if you love uh you know my perspective on games and uh games in general we have truly too much stuff on there for you to listen to so give it a shot um you can of course check out our great producer jeremy schmidt at on video games a comedy show and then you can find me find me why did i say it like that who knows uh you can find me uh on twitter at uh, connor underscore mccabe and then sometimes i even stream on twitch pretty regularly now in fact i should start announcing this that every um wednesday night so the ep- the day that these episodes release i'm gonna be doing a twitch stream for call me by your game hopefully playing the game that we discuss but if i don't have it i'll always find a substitute and I'll do so much more. So follow me at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And you can see my schedule for the week. Uh, thank you for listening out there. We will see you on the next one. 